0: Hey there, welcome back to this week's episode of the SeaTown town Podcast, where Seattle business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders are invited on to share their stories with us. I'm your host, Christian Harris. This week's episode of the SeaTown town podcast is brought to you by SeaTown town Real Estate. Their mission to make a difference extends beyond just their unique and unconventional approach with their clients and their agents. They partner with the community to give back a percentage of the proceeds from each home sale to a local nonprofit of their client's choice. Visit ctown.com, S-E-A-Town.com, and experience the difference with C-Town Real Estate today. Thanks for tuning in to the C-Town Podcast. This week's episode is with Paula Boggs. Uh, she is a former top executive turned band leader, philanthropist, and public speaker, uh, amongst her or many other roles. Um, so you're a formerly top lawyer at Starbucks and a vice president at Dell, um, as well as an army officer, a federal prosecutor, and was appointed the, uh, to the presence Committee to the Arts and Humanities uh, during the Obama administration. Um, and for the past 10 years, you've, uh, you've been the frontrunner of the Paula Boggs Band, uh, where you've released three albums, toured nationally, and continue to support causes important to yourself uh, through involvement with ad- uh, advisory boards and volunteering with political campaigns. Wow. That's a That's, mouthful, right? That is, that is a, that is a <laughs> lot. Uh, maybe, maybe just take us through a little bit, you know, what, what, what brought you from being a, a lawyer at Starbucks and VP at Dell to, you know, front running your own, own band and uh, doing what you do now?
1: Yeah, Christian, and first of all, happy to be here. I'm really excited to be here. I um, I was a musician starting at, you know, really okay. age six. Okay. Uh, I, I came from one of those families where uh, my parents said, you know, each kid had to learn an instrument. And I started with piano, didn't like it, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately got to guitar, loved it, okay. fell in love, and... Uh, ultimately, started writing music, and I would say within a year of learning how to play mm-hmm. guitar around age ten, I started also to write music, and you know, and that was a very central part of who I was. Uh, going through high school, um, a little less so in college, uh, a little less so in graduate school. Uh, and by uh, by my late twenties, early thirties, I had pretty much put music in a box as I I climbed the law and uh, corporate uh, you know ladder. Yeah. So you know, I thought that was then. This is now sort of thing, but uh, about uh, thirteen years ago, my sister in law. Uh, died in a car crash, and it was just the most traumatic thing for me. And so my spouse urged me to take my guitar out um, as a way to grieve, which sure. I did. And once I did, having not touched it for uh, 15 years, really, uh, it it started something in me that it now leads to uh, being you know, a member of Paul Boggs band yeah. and <laughs> traveling all over the the country and performing uh, and in and in Canada. Okay. Uh, so that's that's the you know sort of the readers digest of sure. of the journey and so when when my sister-in-law died I was Starbucks top lawyer uh, and and the last thing on my mind was that in a relatively short period of time I would be leaving Starbucks and pursuing music sure uh, pretty much full-time but uh, one of the gifts uh, Starbucks gave me was being in an environment where there were a lot of people who were attached to music mm-hmm. some way either they were musicians themselves or they knew a lot about music so as I was going through this personal journey of rediscovering uh, my passion for music I was also working at a place where there was a lot of support sure. for that journey uh, including from my boss and so it didn't happen overnight but over a period of Five years, it very much happened sure. uh, that I came to a point in in my life story where I knew I'd done everything at Starbucks uh, I wanted to do and and then some. Uh, meanwhile, there was this other thing I needed to do, sure. and while I was I was still young enough to do it, and I had been blessed enough to be. Reasonably enough financially secure mm-hmm. uh, to do it, uh, I decided to do it. Yeah,
0: just went for it. I just went for it. That's great. So, I mean, your journey kind of starts, uh, you know, as far as notability, so to speak. You know, being being uh, one of Starbucks' top lawyers. What, why law? What, what got you into uh, into one to be a lawyer in the first place? Well, you know, it's not, and I know,
1: and I know Christian, you're you're a veteran also. Uh, and i would I would love uh, to say uh, about about law that it was this passionate thing that I first felt within me as as a child sure. and <laughs> I got to the point but uh, but that's not how it went down okay. at all. <laughs> in fact, it was a um, a choice of of convenience and expedience, and what do I mean by that okay. so uh, I um, I'd gotten an Army scholarship, ROTC, that was paying my way for college. Uh, between my junior and senior year of college, um, I went to airborne school. And then immediately after that, I went to uh, this, uh, this training camp for cadets that gets them prepared uh, to be officers in, in the U.S. Army. So for, for nine weeks, someone had told me, you know, when to get up, when to go to bed, what to eat, how to eat it, yeah. what to wear, how to wear it. Mm-hmm. And so when I got back to my civilian college, uh, my senior year, I realized I couldn't think, uh, on my own. I couldn't even make decisions around what am I gonna wear sure. today. And so I kinda of freaked out and said, Whoa, um I I don't I don't think I'm ready <laughs> for active duty yeah. army. So uh but I've got this I've got this commitment hanging over my head. What can I do? Oh, well, you know, I can delay it by continuing my <laughs> education. Okay. Uh, and so there were, you know, there were two kind of flavors of sure. delay. I could, I I could can, get, I appreciate Yeah, period. I could get a graduate degree or I could get a law degree. And the, the, the exams for law school, the LSATs, came first. Mm-hmm. And my strategy was... If I do well on the LSATs, I'm going to go to law school because okay. it's three years instead of two, yeah. uh, and I'll come in as a lawyer sure. as opposed to, you know, I don't know, air air defense artillery right. sure. or something. Yeah. So that's that's how it happens. Okay. So the joke was, you know, 25, almost 30 years later, I was still doing mm-hmm. something that
0: started as sort of a scheme. Yeah. <laughs> That is that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's not. Uh, so, at what point were you VP at, at Dell? Was that kind of in mean, the the midst of it, or was that after Starbucks? Yeah. Or? So,
1: Star, so Starbucks came after Dell. Mm-hmm. Um, I I actually spent uh, the first ten years of my career in public service, uh, first as uh, an army officer, mm-hmm. and then as as a federal prosecutor, okay. and so after that, um, I went to a local law firm for a couple years, and realized that wasn't really it yeah. uh, for me. That I needed to be in an environment where there was a larger sense of team, uh, where there was—I'm mean, a very mission-oriented person—and needed to be in a situation where whatever I was working for was bigger than me. Yeah. Uh, and so that led to looking at companies that, whose values aligned with mine. Sure. And through a headhunter, I learned about the opportunity at Dell. And so I left Seattle. Uh, my, my spouse and I, we, we weren't married at the time, uh, left Seattle. Moved to Austin okay. and lived there five years, uh, and then came back to Seattle for the for the Starbucks okay. opportunity.
0: Gotcha. How do you like your time in in Texas?
1: We really liked Austin. Yeah, Austin's uh, a Pretty cool place. You know, it was. I had never lived uh, in Texas mm-hmm. uh, before. I had a lot of preconceptions around what Texas was. Uh, and, you know, some of those bore out, but sure. many of them did not. Yeah. And um, I, I really cherish uh, that five-year period
0: uh, I I got to work at Dell. Sure. That's great. So, I mean, that, that that's pretty exciting. And I mean, it's pretty funny, you know, after, what, 25, 30 years of uh, kind of playing out the the scheme that started, you know, yes. you know, trying not to get stuck with a, a crummy uh, duty in the army. Uh, you can just rediscover this passion for music. Yes. Um, fortunately, you had some people to cultivate that, you know, in, in your life and at Starbucks. Um, and then you, you you went for it and you, you launched. So tell us kind of how that happened. You know, you, you formed the, the Paula Boggs band. Did you already... I assume you already had you know, friendships with other musicians that kind of flushed out that ex- uh, that group.
1: Sure. So you know the band is is part of uh, a corporate entity called Boggs Media LLC, and 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 what is that? So Boggs Media LLC, and I'll call it Boggs Media LLC one point. 1.0 because okay. there's going to be a 2.0 at 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 some point. Okay, uh, but the 1.0 really is um, a a corporate um, sort of vessel for uh, the band. Uh, I do um, a fair amount of public speaking. It um, houses all of the intellectual property I own um, I I have 30-plus copyrights from songs mm-hmm. uh, I've written uh, trademarks and that sort of thing I'm I'm on the board of Abbott technology which is um, a um, media editing uh, company across music film and broadcasting mm-hmm. so even podcasts sure. editing tools they make okay. uh, and um, it, it, it is also the um, the source for uh, supporting uh, other artists through GoFundMe and other sure. activities like that so okay. that's that's what Bogs Media is my, my small business uh, right now uh, there yet yeah, the only employee is me everybody else is an independent contractor sure. be it a band member or my assistant um, but I aspire to a time when uh, Boggs Media will be 2.0 sure uh, and and really that is a post Paula Boggs band uh, life mm-hmm. for Boggs Media LLC in which I will continue to write music uh, I aspire to write music with others uh, that um, other people perform uh, I I hope to someday write a book so you know those creative activities um, I I write articles now, uh, write, writing more of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 2.0 may um, provide an opportunity for um, a more traditional business in the the music entertainment space. Sure. You know, such as you know, a school of rock franchise or <laughs> Uh, a music studio or a music venue mm-hmm. or something like that. Sure. So that's that's later, though, because so long as Paula Boggs' band continues to grow, get more fans, mm-hmm. um, is on a positive trajectory, there's there's really no reason sure. uh, to ignite a 2.0. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So with all of the... Uh... All the, the things that you're involved in, what what would you say you spend most of your time on? Kind of the, the band right now, or yes, okay,
1: uh, very much so. In fact, we have a, a vocal rehearsal here
0: in West Seattle later today. Okay, great. <laughs> glad that lined up with the recording of this Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what uh, I mean, what is your like kind of schedule? Do you guys do, uh, do you kind of alternate between you know recording for like albums and then touring, or what's what's kind of that that rhythm look like with the band right now? Absolutely. So
1: the the band has existed eleven years now, uh, and within that time, we have um, we've produced three studio albums and um, a live uh, EP. Okay. We um, we've also um, toured uh, extensively, particularly in the past. Three years In the past three years, I mean, there, obviously there are bands who've done more than this, but we've done about 200 shows okay. over the past three years in almost every region of the United States. The only region we really haven't cracked yet, and we will in June for the first time, is that Rocky Mountain region and those states that are south of that, okay. uh, but we've played the South, the Midwest, the Northeast, up and down the West Coast, uh, British Columbia,
0: okay.
1: uh, and uh, it, you know, as as we do this, uh, we, you know, we continue to, you know, gain fans and, you know, corporate support. So sure. you know, right now we have, we have two, uh, corporate. Sponsors uh, Breedlove Guitars, mm-hmm. which is a Northwest uh, guitar um, manufacturer. They're out of Bend, okay. Oregon, and uh, actually the the other is also um, a Pacific Northwest company. It's Radial Engineering, and they make the um, the direct in input boxes. Which, boxes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and they're they're based out of British. Columbia. Gotcha. So, um, so you know, as you know, as those things happen, you know, those uh-huh. sort of markers of we're moving in the right direction. Sure. Uh, we're, you know, we're we're playing in in bigger venues. We're garnering, you know, more corporate support. Sure. Uh, we're we're getting on more, almost exclusively for our music, public radio stations, uh-huh. but. You know that's an important vehicle for sure. us to get get our music out. You know those metrics, as they you know continue to move in the right direction,
0: are very positive for sure. us. Where would you say your uh, largest fan base is? Uh, I mean, it sounds like you've toured all over the country. Is it kind of local because that's kind of where you're you're based out of? Or
1: uh... well, here's here's the irony, Christian. No. Um, I think we are. More popular uh, in places like uh, L.A., Philadelphia, and New York than okay. we are Seattle. Really? Uh, we have an easier time, uh, you know, filling venues uh, of the same size in those cities uh, than Seattle. And you know, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure why that is. Sometimes, you know, the toughest crowd is is the home crowd. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. I don't know, but we've played we've played Philadelphia the same venue, uh, World Cafe Live, four okay. times in Philadelphia, and you know been able to uh, attract you know a great crowd, sure. you know every every single time.
0: Okay, so <laughs> yeah, you know it just occurred to me uh, some of our listeners may not be aware of you know your band. I mean, what would you if you had to categorize it? What kind of music would you say it is? Well, we, you know, our tagline for it is uh, Seattle Brood
1: Soulgrass. Okay. Uh, and so then the question may be, well, what's soulgrass? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, for us, what that means is a, a fusion of, of folk, bluegrass, jazz, um, a little bit of rock, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of world music, a lot of three-part harmony, um, our instruments are almost exclusively what one would consider root roots music sure. instruments. so acoustic guitar, stand-up bass, uh, accordion, banjo, we have drum and percussion uh, and um, our the guy who plays accordion also plays uh, keys.
0: okay Nice. And where would uh, be the best place for someone to check out your music if they wanted to, to sample it?
1: Yeah, so we're all over social media. You okay. can check us out at you know www.paulabikesband.net. We're um, we're on Facebook, uh, we're on Twitter, okay. Instagram. You know, all over uh, social What's media your, uh, and all the socials. Yeah, and you know our our next uh, Seattle area um, show will be um, at Bite of Seattle okay, nice. in July. July. Twenty-first, uh, which is a Saturday, uh, we're going to be playing from
0: five to five forty. Okay, very good. Um, now, I mean, obviously, other than music, uh, w- what would you say that, what things you're involved in that you're most passionate about? What, what are you most excited about right now?
1: We we call the band, and I call the music. Much of the music we write. Um, you know music for the soul but also music that that showcases our sort of role as citizen artists and what do I mean by that uh... we we make music to entertain but we also make music to hopefully inspire people to feel something or to to think about something in a slightly different way than they might have before they listen to our song. Uh, For example, uh, one of the songs that is uh, most dear to us uh, on our most recent album, um, Elixir the Soulgrass Sessions, is a song called Benediction. I was inspired uh, to write Uh, benediction following the uh, the church murders in Charleston Mm -hmm. of a few years back and the song though is 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 not a is is not a sad song it hopefully serves to give people hope Um, despite the awfulness of that event uh, and, you know, for us, perhaps the biggest highlight as a band we've ever had was premiering that song in Charleston last year with the Mother Emanuel AME choir. So this is the choir from the church uh, that was victim uh, to that tragedy. And, and that kind of sums up what citizen artistry is sure. uh, for us. That
0: must have been a powerful event.
1: It was. We were, we were sobbing, actually, uh, at the end of it. We had um, it a wonderful singer who's not a member of the band. He was a guest singer, Michael Wastman, who uh, was on The Voice a few years back. He's a Seattle native. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came to Charleston. Uh, he, he's on the album singing. Yeah. Um, on the song with us, and he came to Charleston with us to premiere it with the choir uh, and all of us said it we've never as musicians perhaps as humans felt anything like this yeah. before
0: hmm. Man, that's it must be pretty cool to be able to be. Uh, part of experiences like that that you know aren't just entertainment but also community and people focused you know yes yeah that's, that's absolutely awesome. um gotta go back to your transition a little bit yeah what i okay, get kind of a two-part question what would sure. you say would be the most challenging aspect of you kind of transitioning from the corporate world into kind of fully following your passions with music um and then the most well we'll just answer and, and, you know do that question first
1: <laughs> yes, um, you know, and I, I don't know if there's one thing uh, that is most challenging about uh, this transition. There were a number of things, but I'll pick one. Okay. One of the, one of the hardest things for me uh, in uh, transitioning from, you know, my last life to this one was, I had been in an environment where I could um, <laughs> essentially make a lot of other people do a lot of things yeah. um, and get, get influence. Yeah, get influence. I had a lot of, you know, had a lot of influence and um, and the 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 fruits of one's labor um, you know, were such that you got um, feedback, you know, either positive or negative, um, fairly quickly. Uh, And for the most part in my career, pretty transparently. Mm -hmm. You know, during that period in my career when I was a, a trial lawyer, it was pretty cut and dry. I mean, you know, you For either sure. wanted a case or you lost a case. Or you either settled it or you didn't. Yeah. Um, as, you know, as Starbucks top lawyer, you know, it, it comes more in, you know, the success or failure of a deal, mm-hmm. uh, the quality of the people you hire and are able to mentor and grow, um, the satisfaction of your clients. But, you know, at the end of the day... and your your uh, or at least for me, my monetary compensation was you know com- commensurate with that. Sure. So um, y- you leave that, and like any entrepreneur, I think there's a lot of white space. Okay, right. yep. you know, and so um, you know your your life initially goes from at least for me. What had been fairly structured Mm -hmm. to extremely unstructured. Uh, You know, any given day is what you make it. Everything you do has to be, you know, 100% self motivated. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you create uh, the daily calendar uh, and you really have to develop or I have, I've had to develop metrics of success, you know, so, you know, so what is, what is that? What is success in this life chapter for this endeavor? Mm -hmm. You know, what are those metrics? Um, How do I, how do I know that I'm, I'm moving a needle? Um, You know, how do I deal with Criticism. How do I deal with failure? Yeah. Uh, you know, and so you know, how do I deal deal with failure in an environment where I think I've done everything right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I pick myself up? How do you know all of those things? You yeah. you go. It, you know, I went from uh, an environment where. The answers to the, all those questions were pretty cut and dry. Sure, uh, provided to, for you, or you know, <laughs> provided for me uh, to um, having to make it all up. Yeah. right. Six years into that, you know, I've I now there. You know, there are certain norms and you know how I define success. Or failure is 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 more routinized, mm-hmm. but that was not the case uh, at all yeah. uh, six years ago okay. when
0: when I left Starbucks. Yeah, I mean those are all great questions. I think a lot of you know entrepreneurs and small business owners can relate to as they maybe leave a more structured employment environment and figure it out themselves. Um, Kind of getting back to uh, the second part of the question I asked a, a little while ago about uh, what was the most difficult aspect of transition from corporate life to to uh, the music world. Um, what would you say in that transition was the most unexpected uh, aspect of of the journey? Um, but ho- hopefully in a, a positive way. But what, what would you say you didn't really see, but you're pleasantly surprised? Hopefully. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you and your,
1: your listeners. Okay. The most surprising and really beautiful part of this journey is what it has, what it has meant um, in the relationship I have with my kid, who is, who is now uh, 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, I became more cool. Uh, LAUGHTER <It had, laughs> And you know it's really interesting the you know the conversations uh-huh. we have uh, about the sort of various uh, ingredients of Boggs Media LLC. She's genuinely interested uh, in them. Uh, she uh, she likes uh, she likes pretty much every member of the band <laughs> uh, and has nicknames for them nice. uh, and. You know, through her eyes, you know, I get to, um, I think, be more, you know, hip and current about sure. what's going on yeah. in uh, the music space and what that that age group uh, is responding to. Yeah. Uh, you know, just the other, other day, uh, Jada, my kid, said... Um, this is my favorite song and it was like, it was like a queen song mm-hmm. um, you know Bohemian Rhapsody. Sure. and I'm like, how do you even know right. that
0: song's 40 years old? Yeah yeah <laughs> how do you even
1: know that yeah. song right? And you know these kids they find you know so some of the you know, the, you know yes they you know they listen to you know the flavor of the day mm-hmm. that's coming out every day sure. but at least my kid, you know, is listening to stuff. She, she made a playlist of music from the 80s. I was like, how, how did you even get there? Yeah. And, um, and so that's been really cool, too, because, you know, as I write music and think about audiences and where, you know, our music might connect sure. uh, with various audiences... Um, you know, she's been a great resource <laughs> for me. Yeah, well,
0: that's awesome. It's, uh, that that music could help be kind of a conduit to you know your daughter and her interests and some commonality there. That's, that's yeah, that's wonderful. Um, I mean, as we kind of wrap up the uh, the episode and the interview, um, maybe you can leave us with a a, a piece of, of parting guidance for, for our listeners that you've you know picked up over the, the course of your various careers and your journey.
1: This this is my my message to my my fellow entrepreneurs, uh, your listeners. There are going to be a lot of naysayers, uh, and you know, in in my case, you know, it can come you know in the form of uh, you know our music is you know is not in that sort of dance music hip hop you know, EDM mode, which is the most profitable, uh, kinds, they, they, those types of music are the most profitable. Uh, right now, uh, we're kind of countercultural to all that. Um, you know, music is, you know, supposed to be for the, quote, young, um, and a number of us, me included, are older. Uh, you know, there are gonna be a lot of naysayers. Uh, and My advice is to listen to your own voice. There's a reason why you decided to make that leap Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur uh, and, and find ways that are uniquely yours to shut out the noise and just stay focused on the dream.
0: Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, is there anything else you'd like to uh, to to leave with the the listeners that, that I may have missed in, in the interview?
1: West Seattle's great. <laughs> West Seattle is great. I love I love West Seattle. Uh, it every every time I I come here, it puts a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, it's a jewel of our city. It's probably My sense of it is it's one of the most uh, demographically diverse parts of Seattle
0: and more people should discover it. Indeed, yeah. Come visit West Seattle. <laughs> well, thank you for your time today, Paula. Uh, I really appreciate it. I know you're a, a busy person. Um, so listeners, make sure to go check out Paula and to find out more about her and her music and uh, pick some up. I assume it's in iTunes and uh, maybe some, some...
1: All of that. Yeah, all Amazon, that. Okay. iTunes, all of yep. the above. Thank you, Christian. <laughs> thank you so much, Paula. I appreciate it.
0: That wraps up this week's episode. Make sure to check out our guest website, pay them a visit, and help spread the word about what they are doing. If you have any questions, know someone who should be a guest on here, or has a great story worth sharing, email me at Christian at cTown.com. That's SEA-town.com. I would also love it if you would go to iTunes and give us a review and a nice five-star rating. We work hard to bring on great guests and provide exceptional content, and getting a review from you is one way to help the podcast rank well on iTunes so others can find and enjoy the show. You can also find out more about me, how my real estate brokerage is breaking the mold and making a difference in our Seattle communities, and other projects I'm working on by visiting ctown.com. S-E-A-town.com. Thanks for listening. The music for our podcast is courtesy of the Fascination Movement. You can find their albums in the iTunes Store. You can also listen to more episodes and find all our show notes on our website at seatownpodcast.com. This has been a Seatown Media Production.